Hi, everyone, and welcome to NPR's Planet Money Podcast. I'm Laura Conaway. Today is Monday, September 28th. It's about 6.14 p.m. Eastern, that's New York City, and it is a doozy of a day. Congress, the House of Representatives, today, just a couple of hours ago, turned back the White House request for a $700 million bailout of Wall Street. The Dow Jones got green around the gills, 778 points, gone. $1.2 trillion in value, gone. The biggest single point drop in a day. We here at Planet Money, we noticed that. It kind of got our adrenaline going. It got us paying attention. We noticed people in our Twitter feed, twitter.com slash planetmoney, also feeling a little freaked out. What's going on? So we started calling some economists. The first one up, David Hensley, a global economist at J.P. Morgan Chase. How are you feeling? We're, we're still sort of absorbing the news. Are you feeling happy, scared, relieved, sad? Uh, I would say some combination of concerned and uh, a little bit scared. Scared of what? Well, I think that the economy is in a very uh, fragile position here. Uh, we already see signs of, of dour momentum recently have shifted our call to uh, uh, incorporate a mild recession in the United States. And even that view is premised on some kind of a plan like the Treasury's plan passing. The worry would be that, as, as you're hearing people are talking about a, a freezing up in the, in the credit markets, that um, it becomes almost impossible for companies to borrow money, whether it's very short-term money or longer-term money, to finance their operations. Uh, and that would clearly uh, have a, a feedback effect on on, on uh, activity more generally, if companies can't conduct normal business, then at some point they would uh, presumably uh, begin to lay off uh, workers because uh, business is so bad. And as you lay off people, uh, that hurts household incomes, and that would feed back on consumer spending. And that would, again, affect what businesses are doing as they see weaker consumer demand, and you get into a kind of a vicious negative circle I mean, what you just described to me sounds like a standard issue recession, a lousy thing, but but it happens. There's more unemployment, there's a slowdown, and then that lasts for a period of time, and then we go back up. That's not what we've been hearing. We've been hearing Great Depression. We've been, we've hearing, been hearing worse than that. Worse we've than been that. hearing total doggone calamity. <laughs> well, again, I think that the, this is in the eye of the beholder. I, I don't think uh, everybody sees it the same way. I and mean, I think, as I mentioned earlier, there's just a tremendous amount of uncertainty about how this might play out. But what's unusual right now is is uh, the literal kind of paralysis that we seem to be observing in many uh, segments of the credit market. This is not something we have much experience with and don't really know what it's it's going to mean, but we feel like there's a if you if you think about this, that businesses uh, might literally you know kind of freeze up in terms of their ability to move forward. Now, David, I hear from a lot of people out there in our listenership who still say they don't know whether the bailout bill was a good thing, was a bad thing. They don't know whether we just went off a cliff. I mean, when I I'm afraid that when people hear that you're an economist with J.P. Morgan Chase, they're going to say, well, this guy wants the bailout bill because he's banker. 
I think that anybody that's close to the markets, whether you work for a financial institution or not, is probably um, pretty scared by what we've been seeing from day to day, week to week, uh, going on. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really don't know how else to answer that. I mean, other than just to say, I think the closer you are to the markets, the more worried you are about what, what's been happening. So the thing about economists is when there's great big news that happens like this, the Dow just hits the dirt. They start talking about things like LIBOR, which is the acronym that describes bank lending, one bank giving another bank money. And you don't even really want to look at how much money that is. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars going back and forth in the blink of an eye. And most of the time, it's like your pulse. You don't really think about it a whole lot. We asked this other guy, Conrad de Quadros. Conrad de Quadros runs his own economy shop at RDQ Economics. Conrad, tell us, are you feeling it? Well, I, I would say that there's a, a fairly high level of concern, both about the state of the financial system and the economy. It was our. But I'm just, talking about you, not there is, but I am oh, scared. Oh, my, my, me, me personally, that's my feeling personally. I think that the economy is in recession. Uh, I think that it's quite concerning the extent to which the labor markets have deteriorated. And uh, we are starting to see some data that suggests that the third quarter GDP numbers. Uh, will show a decline, uh, which uh, I think up to this point, the people who have been saying that we aren't in recession have been pointing to the relatively high readings on GDP as a reason for coming to that judgment. But um, personally, I think that the the, the risk is that we, we already are, are in recession and uh, the recession might get worse. Let's kind of figure out how scared people should be. Should they be, I mean, are we talking about like, I should buy some rice and some purified water and, you know, start thinking that money will not have any purpose or meaning in the future? I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I, I do think that – I'm, I'm not going to say that I believe that the, the initial proposal, the, this troubled asset relief program and the 110-page the document uh, bill that was, that was being considered today um, was a, a, a perfect plan, but I think that there were some good – uh, good components of the of the plan, and there are also some bad components. But um, I, I don't believe that the uh, the financial authorities, be it the Treasury Department um, or the Federal Reserve, are, are going to uh, allow things to to progress and and the situation to get bad enough um, that you know we're looking back at the at a, at, and a lot of people are bringing up the 1930s type. Depression. I mean, I'm, I, I think that that's still a, a very low odds event, but I do think that we're in for an environment of, of very weak economic growth, uh, a labor market that continues to shed jobs and the unemployment rate continues going to go higher. Um, and so, you know, I think there is a, a lot of reasons to be cautious and in an investment decisions be very defensive. Okay, let's be defensive about our investments. I get it. We talked to Suresh Sandrason. Alex Kestenbaum got him on the phone. He's an economist at Columbia Business School. Alex. We have been hearing, um, you know, for uh, a week now, basically, like this disaster is nigh if we do not pass this bailout bill. The bailout bill did not pass. Mm -hmm. Um, How are you feeling? Well, I think uh, there is some evidence to that effect because if you look at uh, the interbank uh, lending and borrowing market uh, where banks lend and borrow from each other, uh, the LIBOR is uh, now about, uh, you know, 
close to two percentage points above the target Fed funds rate. That is, you know, unheard of. Usually, uh, you know, the rate at which banks can borrow from each other is about, you know, less than uh, one quarter of a percentage point from uh, the target rate. Now, it it occurs to me right here, I'm going to stop you. It occurs to me right here we might have identified the problem is that I just said, how are you feeling Mm -hmm. about this disaster? Mm -hmm. And you started talking about LIBOR. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel I'm under a bit of a shock uh, that, uh, you know, the uh, rescue plan was rejected. Uh, because over uh, the last several days, uh, you know, uh, some tight provisions were added on, you know, oversight by Congress, you know, equity participation, uh, you know, not giving all the $700 billion at once. Uh, the curb in executive pay. Yeah, yeah lots of uh, safeguards were added. And we had two extremely informed and extremely knowledgeable, uh, you know, uh, folks, namely uh, Treasury Secretary and uh, the Chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, who are uh, privy to fairly uh, fair amount of information about the interlinkages of financial institutions, uh, pleading for, uh, you know, this kind of an assistance. Are you freaked out at all? Well, you know, I could be uh, wrong completely in the sense that uh, stock market picks up, digests this information, and, uh, you know, LIBOR goes back, but I assign a low uh, probability of that happening unless something is done by Congress. See, here's the thing that I don't quite understand, though, is that, like, I feel like I hear this lending will will dry up, and, and I'm not trying to pick sides. I'm just genuinely confused because, mm-hmm. you know, you see evidence of all sorts of different things out there now, but but there does seem to be... A lot of people still with money, still with cash. Yeah. Eventually, mm-hmm. the only way they have to lend it, that's mm-hmm. the only way they make money with it, right? You have to put yeah. it somewhere. Yeah, but let's put a context to that, Alex. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's look at some of the investors with very deep pockets, right? Right. Uh, let's start with Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren Buffett lent $5 billion to one of the best banks in the country, which has been reasonably out of uh, you know all these problem areas, mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs. And uh, guess how much he demanded for that? 10% on preferred stock, option to buy another 5 billion uh, shares of uh, common stock of uh, Goldman Sachs at a considerable discount Mm -hmm. to the stock price. In other words, if you calculate the effective interest rate, he was basically charging one of the best banks in the country something in the neighborhood of 15 to 16%. Mm-hmm. So folks that's like with, a credit card. That's right. It's like you know, folks with deep money are happy to lend, but they're going to lend at a very stiff penalty. And mm-hmm. I think the stock market drop today that we have seen, you know, what seven close to seven hundred points, right? Right. And you know that is going to have a wealth effect. Mm-hmm. We're going to see, you know, we, you know, I, I I shudder to look at my pension statement. Right. <laughs> you know, that'll be coming my way in a month or two. You know, I probably have lost one third of my wealth. Right, you know, right. on paper, and and I'm hoping that it'll come back up before I retire. Uh, retires. The point is, uh, you know, there are lots of folks who are caught like this. And judging from what I'm seeing out there, there are a lot of people who just want to know what tomorrow is going to bring. So, you come and find out at npr.org/money. This has been the Planet Money podcast for Monday, September 28th. I'm Laura Conaway. You take care. <laughs>